Welcome to the Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff podcast with New York Times bestselling author, Christine Carlson. This month, we'll be focusing on kindness in an exciting Kindness Matters series. After all, kindness is strength. Kindness is compassion. Kindness is essential to long and lasting connections to our family, friends, co-workers, and all of our human relations. As a special thank you to our listeners, please visit christinecarlson.com forward slash kindness for a free download of an invigorating guided meditation by Christine, an exclusive sneak peek of Christine's meditation series, releasing soon. Hi, and welcome back to the Don't Step the Small Step, Live the Big Stuff podcast. This is Christine Carlson. Hey, I'm so excited to share this latest interview that we're doing on the Kindness Matters series. But before we begin, let's go ahead and take our golden pause. So wherever you are, just sit comfortably with your hands open on your lap and your legs uncrossed. And if you're driving, just be sure to pay attention to the road and only use this as a deep breathing, presencing exercise to get really present in your body. So let's go ahead and begin to breathe with me. As you breathe in, breathe in through your nose and allow your chest and your belly to expand, taking in the fullness of your breath. And as you, ex- as you exhale, exhale very deeply, letting go, completely letting go and relaxing. This time as you breathe in, breathe in golden sunlight all the way to the top of your head, to the tips of your fingers, to your toes. Fill your body with golden sunlight. And as you exhale, relax deeper. Let go. This time, as you breathe in, fill your heart, your body, your soul with love. Breathe in pure love all throughout your body. Fill your core with love. And as you exhale, let go of fear and just relax. This time as you breathe in golden sunlight to every cell of your being, place your hand on your heart, opening your heart, activating your heart, and just spend a moment reflecting on something or someone that you feel incredibly grateful for, or just be grateful for being here in this moment right now. Just spend a moment taking in the pureness of that gratitude Breathing in sunlight, feeling completely grateful, feeling the joy of that gratitude, remembering that gratitude is the memory of the heart. And as you take one more deep breath in, go ahead and exhale and open your eyes. Well, I am so excited to share this very special guest with you today, a dear friend of mine. He is a globally respected leadership expert and a celebrated author of over 15 number one best-selling books. Robin Sharma is one of the world's premier speakers on leadership and personal mastery. As a presenter, 
Robin has the rare ability to electrify an audience yet deliver uncommonly original and useful insights that lead to individuals doing their best work, teams providing superb results, and organizations becoming unbeatable. For nearly 20 years, many of the most well-known organizations on the planet, ranging from Nike, GE, Microsoft, FedEx, PwC, HP, and Oracle to NASA, Yale University, YPO, have chosen Robin Sharma for their most important events, when nothing less than a world-class speaker will do. Robin's books, such as The Leader Who Had No Title, have topped bestseller lists internationally, and his social media posts reach over 600 million people a year, making him a true global phenomenon for helping people do brilliant work, thrive amidst change, and realize their highest leadership capacities within the organization so that, pers so that personal responsibility, productivity, ingenuity, and mastery soar. Robin is ranked as one of the top, top five leadership gurus in the world in an independent survey of over 22,000 business people and appears on platforms with other luminaries such as Richard Branson, Bill Clinton, Jack Welsh, and Shaquille O'Neal. Welcome, Robin. I'm so happy to have you on my podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this today. Oh, it's a great pleasure, Chris, and thanks for reading my bio exactly as my mom wrote it. <laughs> It's a wonderful <laughs> bio. And, you know, actually, your bio is really quite short. I think it's beautifully written, as all of your work is. So it was oh, perfect. Thanks. Thank you. And, I, you know, I just want to share with all of you listening that um, Robin and I are really dear friends. So you'll, you'll hear us laugh and joke, and, and you'll understand that as we begin to talk. Like, we have a really – Robin's just one of my best friends, actually. And – I um, met Robin, you know, during one of the hardest times of my life, and he was, he really showed up um, as a really amazing friend to Richard, and I don't want to tell you how he met Richard. I'm going to let him tell you. <laughs> Let's start there. Sure. Well, you know, uh, this, I met Richard when he was really, um, I mean, don't sweat the small stuff was just absolutely everywhere, and it was an event in Calgary. Uh, I'm a Canadian, and Richard was the headliner. I was his warm-up act, and um, <clears throat> you know, we just—I was looking forward to meeting him for weeks. And when, when we met, it was like sort of two old friends, you know. And we both—I think at heart we were both introverts, and we both really didn't want to go to the VIP dinner. And we just started laughing about, you know, that we'd have to do that. We'd have to get in the small talk, and we just made this great connection. And it was the beginning of. Uh, fantastic friendship I just you know when I think of Richard <clears throat> everyone knows his brilliance um, and everyone knows he's just a true philosopher but he was just so real you know and he had such a great sense of humor and he was so I was I was relatively new to the industry and he was just so gracious to me and you know um, as we talk about Chris I think of him often and, and he's just obviously still impacting and influencing millions of people around the world yeah, thanks, Robin. And I, you know, I think about how um, you, the two of you, must have really met in a heart connection. That, you know, the the two of you have this had this like Richard had the same love of life that you have. And and when I look at you as a person, and not just the author and speaker, but how I know you, you're one of the most passionate people I've ever met. And you 
you have this joy about you because you you live so passionately and so connected to life. And I think, you know, to begin with how kindness really matters and where you start, I'd love for you to talk about, you know, how do you connect to kindness into your own personal journey and and why is it so important as a principle of mastery? Well, about a year ago, um, I got something right in my life, Chris, and uh, I got on an airplane and I went to visit one of my mentors. Um, when I was, uh, I used to be a litigation lawyer, as you know, and before I was a litigation lawyer, I was very, very privileged to be um, the law clerk for a real titan. Uh, he was a judge. He was um, a Harvard LLM, like a, he had a master's from Harvard. He's one of the most respected um, judges in, in the country. And I was really blessed to spend a year working under him. And I just learned so much about you know, what it really means to be a person of integrity. I learned about his work ethic. I saw just incredible, like rare air levels of humility. Um, and again, I learned so much. So anyway, I spent an hour with him uh, a year ago and we just talked about the time that I was working with him. And, you know, I asked him like, like what have you learned from life? And the last thing he said to me, um, he died a few months after I met him, but the last thing he said to me was, you know, Robin, always be kind. Mm. He said, oh, oh, Robin, always be kind. And we live in a world where a lot of people are really connected to hundreds, if not thousands of digital friends, but we've lost a connection to human friends. You know, a lot of us are actually living life watching other people's own li- watching other people's lives work instead of living our own lives. And so I just think, you know, ultimately we are we're all brothers and sisters of one family on a small planet in a large galaxy. Mm-hmm. And I think what's happened with all this, you know, the social media and the digitization of our connections, we've lost that human glue. You know, I think I'm going to do a blog post one day, but you know, it's just like what it means to be human. I just, mm-hmm. people, it's just too easy to be rude. It's too easy to put up walls. It's too easy to judge. It's too easy to unforgive. It's too easy to be so busy that you don't take 30 seconds at a grocery store checkout and look at the human being that's standing in front of you and just make some kind of a connection. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm far from perfect, but I, I do love life and I do love people. And I, I do try, you know, even when I see a homeless person on the street, I try to remember you know, that was someone's, that was someone's child one day, you know, that was someone's treasure. Um, and, and I just, you know, and, and then of course, as you teach, it's a practice, right? So you remember to, to practice kindness every day. Yeah. And I, I know you love to spend a lot of time in Europe and isn't that what we see? I mean, I, I know when I go to Europe and especially in countries like Italy, you know, we, the people are just so kind. I mean, that's, that's really, they're so generous with their kindness. And, and it's, it's just, it's such a um, way of life to be kind for them, isn't it? Yeah, I just think, I think it's a part of it is a cultural thing. I mean, I I remember listening to an interview with George Clooney, and he said, you know, I knew I was going to live in Italy, when one day I was watching these construction workers. And, you know, all day they were working on the construction site. And, you know, but at the end of the day, they went to the market and he said, I watched them walk by with under one arm was a 
a big loaf of bread, and on the other arm was a, a bouquet of flowers. Mm. And and it's just, you know, it's just that lust for life. The French have a term called esthet, you know, a lover of beauty. And so whether it's Spain or Greece or, you know, all through Europe, they just, they understand the value of you know, human connections, long meals over good food and great wine, with <laughs> maybe, maybe some, maybe some, maybe some, you know, some flowers or a little piece of art, but they, they savor, you know, if you look at positive psychology, someone like one of the preeminent researchers is Sonia Lubomirsky, and she's written a great book called um, The How of Happiness. And she talks about the happiest people in the world all have one skill. It's deliberate gratitude, but they also have a practice and it's savoring. And so any of your listeners from around the world, you know, if you're drinking your coffee, savor your coffee. If you're, you know, eating a lamb burger, watching a sunset, savor the, <laughs> savor the food. Drinking amazing Chardonnay. <laughs> savor the Chardonnay. If you're out on a mountain, if you're sitting there with your family, I mean, the greatest gift you can give your family is, is the gift of your presence. Yeah. Savor that moment. That's beautiful. That's incredible. You know, um, I had the pleasure of meeting George Clooney on my 40th birthday. You've seen that picture of the two of us. Yeah, I definitely, quite, quite a picture. <laughs> I know. I, Richard <laughs> took the picture. I definitely look like the cat that swallowed the canary on that one. But, um, yeah, and, and I, I just, you know, I really, I respected him a lot after meeting him, too, because um, I was definitely a, definitely starstruck when I met him, and, and he was so warm, and and he really did have that, that um, kindness about him as well. And I think that just goes to all the people that, you know, there, there isn't really an accident to success, is there? I mean, it's like there's some underlying, um, for me, most of the, like, the people that I respect, the people I admire, everyone from the Dalai Lama to Robin Sharma to everyone, you know, it, there's this underlying way that they live, that they embrace life, they embrace the people in it, and, and they are really kind in their actions. And I, you know, really want to touch on um, how this impacts the corporate world, too, you know, because I, um, I know that the stories that I've heard from, you know, customer service stories on down really um, also show that kindness is a prevalent principle to you know, really having success in leadership. And I, I'd love for you to chat about that with me for a little while. Oh, absolutely. I mean, <clears throat> Herb Kelleher, um, the founder of Southwest Airlines, said it really well, Chris. He said, the business of business is people. Um, and I'll put it to you this way. You know, it's like a brain tattoo that I teach. And it's, if you take care of the relationships, the money will take care of itself. And that sounds really obvious, but it's actually profound. I mean, you know, one of my dominant obsessions, I run a number of businesses, and one of my dominant obsessions, I call it the 10x value obsession. How can I give my customers 10 times the value that they're paying for? I mean, really, it's, it's not from – I don't operate from scarcity. I'm operating from generosity, and I think we live in a generosity economy, and she or he who gives the most or serves the best wins. And so kindness is not just something that 
you know, we need to practice to be a good human being and a good citizen of our planet. If you're an entrepreneur, if you're a CEO, if you're a manager, if you're a frontline worker, just taking the time to build relationships is the secret sauce that is, you know, builds a great company. I'll give you a simple example. So last night I was at the office. You've been to my office. Yep. And, and I went to this, uh, let's call it a deli. And I just picked up, what did I, you know, I picked up some, I'm into beet juice these days, beet juice, and it has lime and it had ginger. It was really great. And so I walk over to the counter and it was about 6.30 and I say to the, there was, there was a young woman behind the counter and I go, hey, how are you? And she didn't even reply, you know, and she just had, she just, you don't see this very often, but she just, she was really in a bad mood. And so there's no judgment. You know, the Native American Indians say never judge a person unless you have walked a mile in their moccasins. I don't know what was going on with her. But taking the time to acknowledge the person who's on the other side of the counter, you know, the customer, mm -hmm. in, in a few seconds of just a human connection make all the difference. And, you know, that place in particular, that deli, it's just like it's a culture where people have forgotten that, you know, they're in business to build connections. You know, they're in business to be merchants of wow. And it really begins with what you teach and what I teach was everything begins within. You know, I teach, everyone's teaching mindset right now, but I'm starting to teach a word that I, I made up called heart set and another oh. word called health set and another word called soul set. I call them the four interior empires because everyone talks about mindset, but positive thinking and great core beliefs with a heart full of anger and resentment and contraction will make you a toxic person at work or out in the world. But it's not only mindset and heart set. If you are sick or depleted, you have no energy or vitality, you still won't own your craft and change the world. So you need a health set. But if you have a great mindset and a great heart set, and you're in great health. So you've got a strong health set but you're not living for a cause that's larger than yourself and your ego is chattering so loudly, you can't really make a difference in the world. You're not going to make, you're not going to make that difference. So soul set is also important. So all I'm saying is by working on our inner life and cultivating our inner dimensions, those four ones I mentioned, then we can manage our response like, like that woman in the deli, you know? So everything yeah. really does begin within. That is so true. That is so true. Um, yeah, and what would and how would that have made the difference? You know, how how does that make the difference? Like, do you think that her? I mean, I know everybody has a bad day, you know, but but I'm sure if her manager was watching that, they would they would want to kind of pull her aside and say, hey, you know, you gotta you gotta kind of rally here and and find it in yourself to be friendly at least. <laughs> well, well, it would have made a difference. I mean, look, I'm human yeah. and, and I, I, I work very hard not to take it personally and I'm sure it wasn't personal, but the reality is, you know, I did sort of feel rejected to be very transparent with you. It's like, wow. You know, I say, hello, I had a smile and she, she really just, it was really sort of weird, you know, or sort of strange. Yeah. And, and again, I'm not going to judge, but no. it would have made a difference because if she had got up in the morning, you know. We've been teaching this concept for a long time, the 5 a.m. club. It's got a lot of traction around the world now. But if we get up in the morning and take an hour for ourselves, and I know you teach it and I know Richard has shared it, but if we take that time, I call it a holy hour. 
Mm-hmm. And let's say she, or let's say I do it. I mean, we're all in this together. So you give yourself an hour and you actually develop, you know, you work on your mind. Maybe it's meditation. Maybe it's visualization. Maybe it's affirmation. Maybe it's reading heroic books. And then you work on your body. You do 20 minutes of intense exercise. And then you do some spiritual work and you write in a journal. Okay. And uh, maybe you do work on the, on the, um, the heart set. You know, maybe it's forgiveness practice. And if you do that consistently, you start to develop this interior core so that when you're, maybe she was exhausted or maybe the previous customer was rude to her, but she would come from a a place of interior strength in humanity so that she could show up fully for every single customer. And we all have bad days. We all have bad days, but you know, I know you are very serious about your inter- interior practice. You have a lot of fun. You are one of the most alive people I know. But you're also very serious about working on yourself. And as you work more on yourself, you just show up more lovingly, more excellently, more masterfully, more creatively, more passionately in the world. So anyone who rolls their eyes, and I'm sure it's not your listeners, but they roll their eyes at interior work, personal development, spiritual practice, they're actually missing the fact that you cannot rise any higher in the outer world than you are in your interior world. And your performance reflects your perception. I love that. And your behavior your performance reflects your perception. I mean, you see someone who's rude or toxic or mean or who attacks other people, you know this, they are just doing the best they can do out in the world based on their perception of how they see the world. We can't, we can't judge them. Yeah, and, and if you feel toxic behavior, inside, then you're going to have toxic actions on the outside. Exactly. So you, you, know, you go into a corporate event and you start talking about heart set, they go, what are you talking about? <laughs> well, it's it's toxic leaders destroy companies. They destroy brands. So that's why you know this four piece model I'm teaching: mindset, heart set, health set, soul set. Those are super important to scaling a world class company, to being a world class leader, to being someone who like owns the game. Well, I I so agree with that, and you know, and the other thing that um, personal development really does for you is is you, you become so acutely aware of who you are. So that's how you can create these checks and balances within yourself, you know, that you begin to talk to yourself differently. You begin to show yourself more kindness and more compassion as you become more aware of who you are and, and how you operate in the world. And I also think that um, there's a level of self-confidence that comes with that, you know, that when you know who you are, you, you, every moment you just, you stand in that because you feel confident about who you are. You've, you've done the personal growth work. You've owned your shadow. You, you understand that you're a human being that um, is, is sometimes frail and mostly very able and competent to survive anything. And, and I, I love that um, four piece model that you're teaching, Robin. That's beautiful. It's always so Robin esque of you to come up with a whole new. <laughs> A whole new way to say it. Yeah, I just, I just made up my own language. Yeah. Well, and sort I love that about you. I love that about you. I mean, I, I, you know, and the thing is, um, what I love what you said is you can't rise to any higher that than where you are inside, and and that is that is so true. You know, I've often thought about um, how important it is when, you know, when you speak, especially like to stand on a platform and be in that place of your highest 
you know, the highest soul self that you can be because if you're speaking and everyone, you know, their attention is focused on you, they're fo focused on your energy, you know, and it's like they can, you can only rise the room to the place that you are within yourself. And I definitely know that you, you live that. You are one of the most powerful speakers I've ever seen. And, and you also create the most beautiful events. I mean, you really do add, like you are the 10 times value guy. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I mean, I had the pleasure of speaking, um, being honored by Robin asking me to speak on his platform last year, a year ago in December at his Titan event, which is just amazing. If you have a chance to look up um, robinsharma.com and find his Titan event, you should definitely do your best to go to this event. I mean, he brings just, I felt so honored to be in this, you know, platform of world-class speakers. And and it's just a, a profound four days that just will light you up for the rest of the year. And I, I've talked to so many people that attended this event that just keep going back year after year because it really is, and, and they watch, don't they see their businesses just grow so much from that event, Robin. I mean, I'm sure you get so many testimonials and comments. Yeah, you know, you're very gracious, and we loved having you um, at the event. <clears throat> um, we're going into our fifth year, fifth year of the Titan Summit uh, this coming December, and we've had um, Richard Branson. We had Steve Wozniak at the event last December in Zurich, um, the Titan Summit for last year. But um, yeah, and people people do love it. But you know, you're also speaking to something really powerful when you talk about personal development, um, which is something I know you've gone through and I've gone through. Because when you met, you were going through, you know, um, I, I almost can't put words to it, but it was a time of tremendous suffering and you handled it with um, utter grace and um, such dignity and such strength. And I was going through something very painful as well. And it's really, I mean, one of the things I teach is I call it the victim to leader spectrum. And I just went on Instagram live. Um, I don't know if you've been on Instagram live. It's, I haven't it's tried Instagram tool. live yet. <laughs> fantastic tools. So I went on and I just, I just jammed and I taught the model. But one of the things that really, you know, the victim goes through suffering or tragedy and contracts and blames and shuts down and gets stuck in the past. The leader or the true Titan asks themselves, how can I stand in the fire and use this pain not to destroy me, but to purify me? And if you look at the greatest amongst us, you know, and you are such a light, Chris, I'm not just saying that because we're so close and because this is your podcast. You are such a light to so many people on the planet. And I don't even think you know it. But I think it was the crucible about of what you went through, you know, in your loss of Richard and how you responded. You could have been a victim and how you replied to that event. And then if you look at a Mother Teresa, if you look at a Nelson Mandela, I, I was very privileged about a year ago. I stood in Nelson Mandela's prison cell on Robben Island where he spent 18 years of a total 27 years of confinement. And he could have been a victim, he could have blamed, he could have, you know, used his incarceration and his, and his torture to, to, to be full of anger and resentment and hatred 
And instead, what did he do? If you look at every picture of Nelson Mandela after he was released from prison, he's smiling. Mm. And so he used suffering to build strength. He used pain to build power. He used adversity as an opportunity to build empathy and relatability. And I just wanted to offer that because when it comes to kindness, here's what I've learned. The people who have suffered the most are the most kind. Mm. The people who have endured the greatest pain, some of them become victims, no question. They contract, they're closed, they're bitter. But the best amongst us, they use suffering to open themselves up. You know, Khalil Gibran in The Prophet said it so well. He said, pain comes to shatter the covering that encloses our hearts. Mm-hmm. Boy, yeah, that is so true. And, and it's the pain that is, is the opener. It's the pain that breaks down that wall that so many people, unknowingly even, I mean, I know that in my own life, I had unknowingly um, created a wall of resistance around my heart that that I didn't know existed. And then when it broke open, of course, the contrast of how I felt and the awakening that I felt um, was so dramatically different. And, and I just I just simply woke up to such a, a deeper feeling in life. And it's always it's always hard to admit when you don't know something, but isn't that the innocence in all of us that you know, if you're not feeling life at the deepest level of joy, if you don't shed tears of joy when, when you know that you should be shedding tears of joy, there's no shame in it. It's just a sign that, that maybe you're numbed out to life a little more than you want to be. And, and I always like to say, you know, you don't have to wait for a heartbreaking event to open up and to awaken to self-compassion and self-love and to a deep awakening to experiencing joy. You can really, you can really choose to do the work in a conscious way, and and I've seen you do it both ways, Robin. I've seen you do the work consciously, and I've seen you have life throw you curveballs that that break you open too. And I just want to honor, you know, honor just what a kind person that you are. And certainly, in my early days of grief, you showed me tremendous kindness by just showing up as a friend, nothing more, you know, by being a great friend and being open to listening to my hours of excruciating pain. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, you know, and, and I think that, um, you know, just to wrap this up there, you know, that as any successful person in this world, you know, if you can grab onto this concept that, you know, that it it truly is about kindness and, and leadership, at your Titan event, do you remember the story? And I think it was the marketing guy that was talking about the Ritz-Carlton and how a little boy had left his little bunny or something like in the sheets in bed and it was his favorite little binky bunny like that he had to sleep, that he wanted to sleep with every single night. Do you remember that story, Robin? I, I do. It was Scott Stratton, the author yeah. of Unmarketing. Yeah, and, and you remember how the person, the probably the maid who found the bunny, took the bunny and you know delivered it to the the you know to the lost and found, and how somebody grabbed that bunny and knew that bunny had to go back home, could just see how loved it was, and they actually created um, a little journal of the bunny's adventures. Remember that, mm-hmm. and how it, it and then how it, it got sent back to the little boy and and. Um, and how how 
how much over the top of kindness was that? I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. for the Ritz Carlton, that is a great story. And they mm-hmm. documented this bunny's journey for this little boy. And then this little boy got his bunny back. And I mean, that's just such a cute story of, of how kindness operates in leadership and in customer service. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think it was Robert Louis Stevenson who said, you know, if you have an opportunity to be kind to someone, do it because you never may have that opportunity again. And that might sound obvious, but we have these little windows of opportunity with people we meet. And if you don't act on it, the window closes and you could lose an opportunity. And I'll go back. I know we're ending. You know, I think of my mentor and he, you know, he was in his 80s and he just he went. The final thing he said, it was, you know, always be kind. Um, and my father, who's going to be 80 this June, used to recite the words of Rabindranath Tagore, who said, uh, and, and my dad used to say, son, when you were born, you cried while the world rejoiced. Live your life in such a way that when you die, the world cries while you rejoice. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great way to live. Oh, my gosh, that's a beautiful way to end. And thank you so much, Robin, for coming on. And I'd like to remind everyone that you can find more out about Robin at www.robinsharma.com. And be sure to look him up. He's always so generous in all of his offerings. So thank you so much, Robin, for coming on to the Kindness Matters series. You've been such an amazing addition. And I just adore you, as you know. So thank you so much for coming on. Always a joy, Chris. Great to talk to you. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Live the Big Stuff with Christine Carlson. Christine invites you to join her in a series of guided meditations coming soon to christinecarlson.com. As a thank you for joining us today, the first meditation is yours free. Just visit christinecarlson.com forward slash kindness to download it now.